and welcome to Sad Girls Against the Patriarchy. I'm Allison. And I'm Alexis. And we are your Sad Girls. Bimbo series, second edition. Doing it again. We did some 90s babes, and now we're doing some 2000s babes. Babes. But the babes are timeless. That's true. Oh, and we were going to start off with a sad fact about Trump, but I realize that's kind of topical because we're going into Paris Hilton today, and she is closely affiliated with the Trump family, or at least was, and has since tried to distance herself. Yeah, but Trump also used to be a Democrat, so, you know, and he was also, like, best friends with the Clintons. They're all just, you know. Times change. Yeah, times they are a-changing, you know. I think rich people are all the same. I think they're all lizards in human suits, and (laughs) I don't differentiate between Democrats and Republicans. No, neither do I. I just think it's funny that we try to. They're like, no, it's vote blue no matter who, and it's like, Uh it's it's the same, guys. same. Two heads of the same snake. Yeah, Joe Biden's not necessarily doing us any favors right now. No. It's an election year, so things are going to start being like more political, and there's going to be the big election in November, which will be Trump and Biden again. The more they change, the more they stay the same, more than likely, because Trump keeps winning all these states. So, <laughs> again, like, it doesn't really matter. Right. <laughs> Speaking of them being the same and things not changing. Yeah, I mean, the Democrats could have codified Roe v. Wade and they didn't. So, I mean, they're not really helping us out either. No. But we were trying to think of a topical political conversation <laughs> to begin this episode with. And I read a really depressing fact on my Instagram feed before we started. So this comes from my home state, unfortunately, and speaking of Roe v. Wade, this has to do with it. According to the Journal of American Medical Association, Texas saw an estimated 26,000 rape-related pregnancies after outlawing abortion. That's so many! Yeah, and it's, uh, I was reading the comments, which mostly passed the vibe check, but, you know, of course, some don't. But apparently Greg Abbott, the governor of uh, my home state, unfortunately so. Uh, apparently he made some comment about like outlawing or like getting rid of all the rapists and everyone's like what happened to that greg abbott you're gonna get rid of all the rapists what happened there when they were talking about like the exception for abortion for rape and incest and his retort to that was like well i'm gonna get rid of them it's like well why didn't you do that before if it was so easy for sure we'll just get rid of them solve that problem i heard in a new york times podcast though in the daily they were talking about how abortion overall in the country hasn't really gone down because neighboring states are just taking all the abortion cases from states where it's been outlawed so people are just leaving texas to do it so nationwide we're still seeing about the same number of abortions hell yeah yeah right we didn't really change that so for people who are anti-abortion it's not like they solved that problem they just moved it around yeah you just made it harder yeah. for people and how to make them spend more money but i mean that's also part of their plan too is like disenfranchising right. you and making things harder for you and disrupting your life and taking out your bank account right all part of the plan to keep women oppressed Okay, that's the state of the country. Not good, but we'll keep following along. Yeah. What about us? What are some short little updates? Do do you have any goals for 2024, Alexis? Anything fun? I mean, just make it better than 2023, which was the worst year of my life. But so far, I mean... (laughs) Low bar. (laughs) Yeah, it's not that hard um, (laughs) to be better than last year. And so far, it's already... (laughs) Great. So I did better, but yeah, just get through school and continue my creative and professional endeavors and hopefully just find a light at the end of the tunnel because my job sucks so much right now. Yeah. It's okay. Working in a hospital sounds really brutal, but you're going to go to part-time soon, so then you'll have a little more time. Yes. I'll have more time to focus on school and this and everything else and Same. less time on working. How long was I at work the other day, I guess? 15 hours. Oof. 15 hours at work the other day. to be in fluorescent light. 
and it's so I was thinking about that I was like it's so fluorescent I was thinking about how I want to like change the design of my floor because everything's just white and sterile and fluorescent and it doesn't have to be that way because my old hospital and I've seen other hospitals where it's like a lot more warm tones and it's less jarring why do they do that no hospitals are not an environment that anyone wants to be in Mm -mm. unfortunately yeah I always make a joke which I feel like Most of the time my patients think is funny, but one time I had this really sassy younger patient that did not find it funny, but the patients were like, I want to go home. And I'm like, you and me both, like always make a joke, like me too. But one time I had a a young patient who was like a legal aide and he was like, do you think that's funny? That's so unprofessional. I'm like, sir, please calm down. Don't you want me to lighten? Lighten the mood. The mood. Please. Also, I'm advocating for you. I'm like, yes, I understand your qualms. I'm just making a little. I would appreciate that. I'm like, I'm trying to make it be like personal, like we're buds, Thank like you. I'm on your side. and they Personal would, touch. Yeah. But I was just like, come on, man. <laughs> Serious. <laughs> Give me a break. Yeah. <laughs> Let me do my routine. <laughs> well, I'm going to try to get an office job this year and I might hate it and I might quit immediately. And I'm not going to stop doing anything else like meme page podcast or my other dancer creative work or whatever. But we'll see. We'll see if I can slot that in. And yeah. That goes. Might be good. I've never tried it before and I like trying new things. I was talking to a colleague who is uh, leaving our job and doing like a regular job and getting a salary and working regular hours. And I was like, these are all what? foreign <laughs> words to me. What is a salary? And what is nine to five? I've never worked in an office in my life. I woke up on a Monday after someone's party. This was a few weeks ago. It was a rough day. And it was Monday and I was so hungover. So I started drinking to treat the hangover. As like you do. 9 a.m. Yeah. yeah. Hair of the dog. And one of the roommates who lived there, they were going off to work in their business clothes. <laughs> and they just looked so put together. And I'm like drinking room temperature Tito's in my clothes from the night before. <laughs> just Rash. I'm not a real grown-up right now, and sometimes I want to be a real grown-up. I want to be that more responsible person. I also feel like that's just, like, American capitalism that makes you feel bad. Even if you have, like, a full-time job that's legitimate, if you don't work these particular hours, you're made to feel less than. I think it's okay to feel bad about drinking vodka at 9 a.m. on a Monday. Okay, I'm not, like, <laughs> that's I'm just saying. fine to feel guilty about. I'm just saying, don't feel bad about partying <laughs> on a Monday if that's your day off. Yeah, right, right. Because sometimes I've, you know, gone drinking at like a Tuesday afternoon and gotten some looks. I'm like, this is my weekend, motherfucker. I have a real job. I have a different schedule. Um, And hopefully bringing this up doesn't lead to me getting doxxed and murdered. But I do need to move next month. Um, Or I should say I'm moving March 1st. My lease is up the end of February. So if anyone has any housing leads that they think would be good for me in the Los Angeles area, let me know. I'm a little reluctant to bring the real into the virtual but um, if there's anyone listening who's in the LA area who has a great two-bedroom apartment or wants to be my roommate or something, yeah. I don't know, maybe. That's like a sick duplex that's like rent control that's yeah. like owned by like a really sweet old lady <laughs> that like has charges you yes. like $1,500 for a two-bedroom. That would be sick. Yeah. I'm just putting it out there, manifesting that in well, the universe. Yeah. I mean, if you live in Los Angeles, you know how hard it is to find totally. a place to live. It is incredibly hard. Yeah. It, there's only like 3% vacancies of any place in Los Angeles at any time. or I think I saw that stat somewhere. So it's really hard to find any vacancies because people want to live here. They do. For and then reason. the neighborhood I'm looking for, the Silver Lake Echo Park area, is the most competitive, the most expensive. Mm-hmm. When I toggle it to my price range, the area I want has nothing. And then all the pins are on the outside of it. I'm like, yep. mm, okay, well. Yeah. You're going to have to live in like East Hollywood or Filipino like. town or K-Town's honestly cheap again. And I, I like East Hollywood. I would be fine with that. I've lived there before. Yeah. Um, 
And I'm thinking I might get a two bedroom and get approved on try to get approved on my own and then get a roommate to move in with me so then I can kind of set the tone and set the vibe and have cats. Oh, sorry. Keep going. I was just going to say, it's really horrifying and shocking how people are like, okay, well, I have a cat and cats are allowed, but no more cats, no more pets. I just think that's unfair to be that kind of roommate. And I get that your cat doesn't want to live with other cats, but it's hard out here. Pet owners should help each other out. Uh, Yeah, that's so shitty. I would want to do like a trial. I mean, they're not going to be immediately best friends, but just kind of check out your cat's vibe. I want to check out your cat's vibe, you know? Usually when you're moving into a place and pets are allowed and the people who live there have pets already, they will say no other pets can come in. Like, we don't want any more pets here. And I just think that's not fair. No. I don't like it. And I would like to live with other pet owners because then we can help each other out. When you, like, go out of town, your roommate can watch your cat. It's so convenient. It's like they become a little household and then the cats can be friends. And they're cat friends. (laughs) My cat needs a friend. She's very codependent. She's so cute. Yes. She's a very social girl. Yeah, I have a sweet, friendly cat. So, anyway, I come with a cat. (laughs) Silver Lake era, March 1st. (laughs) Let me know. Hit me up. Slide into my DMs. This continued ad for Allison's future residence. Yes. (laughs) What were you going to say? I'm soft looking for places just because, like, Mm -hmm. I love my apartment, but it is too far away. But uh, I found a place. I'll have to send it to you. It's in K-Town. It's a two-bed, two-bath, and it's under two grand. That's incredibly cheap. Yeah, and it's yeah. like newly redone. Washer and dryer and unit. Does it have parking? You know what? Look, you're asking for a lot right now, and that's probably why it's so cheap, because yeah, it probably doesn't have K-Town. parking, and it's K-Town. So, mm-hmm. that because I was like, what's the catch? What's the catch? I, I feel like you just... You just I might have named, yep, Yeah. Yep, yep. Or maybe no pets, because I see that too. There will be little houses or apartments that are great, but they don't allow pets. I think it did. I'll double check. My cat could be an ESA. My doctor will say that she's an ESA. I mean, she does support me emotionally, and I support her emotionally. Where It's mutual, so... Yeah. I can get a piece of paper that says that. I don't know if that carries a lot of weight. It's not the same as being a service animal. Yeah, I think they're cracking down on ESAs, yeah. which is... It's, it's like it's crappy, but it's also because people definitely abused it. Right. I don't technically need my cat for emotional support. I just want her for emotional support. I mean, you'd be emotionally distressed if you didn't have her. So true. See? That's so true. All right. Well, also coming up very soon is our website and our merch line. I've been working on putting things up on Printify, a little print-on-demand service. I got a phone case with our amazing design by Lisa Rain on it. So it's beautiful. And it looks you so good. Have it. Yeah, and it's going to be pretty – I want things to be on the more affordable side, like a $20 phone case, $20 shirt. I personally wouldn't spend $45 on a merch shirt from someone, from anyone. So I'm not going to ask you to either. I love going to concerts now because, like, back in the day, it was like, you have to get the shirt from the concert oh, with the yeah. dance on it. You have to. And the past, like, three times I've gone to a concert, I went to Depeche Mode last month, and I was like, I'm not paying $75 for a fucking t-shirt. No. Which costs, like, $10 to print. And, yeah. But I know that's how they make money because it's all streaming services and Spotify gives them a fraction of a cent per play. Okay, but it was also multiple sold-out shows at Crypto.com <laughs> Arena. <laughs> so um, they're okay. They made some money on the show. Yeah. I don't mind buying you merch. support. I like buying merch at concerts and yeah. flexing on the hose that I went to the concert. But I'm not paying $70 for a t-shirt. No. You shouldn't have to. That's just not right. No. Well, today we're going to talk about our bimbos, and I actually think I should start because I feel I like say, I think I was going to say I think you should start. It's because I don't think mine's going to be as positive, and I would like to end on a more positive note. I don't stand Paris Hilton. Ooh, I'm sorry. spicy take. Yeah, I mean I don't know enough. Oh, okay. To, to be to be honest, <laughs> I just think she's um, hilarious. 
She is. She is like a performance artist of our time. And I also don't want to just shit on her because I don't think that's a fun angle to just shit talk a powerful woman because I dislike her personally. She's controversial and has had these ebbs and flows in her public image. She does have some very pinpointable negative moments like using the n-word to insult people on video oh my god back in 2007 oh back when it was super edgy to say racial slurs yeah it's on film and it doesn't you know it seems very real but she said she was with her sister and she's like we're like two n-words and then she starts telling a story about a woman that she got in a fight with and she calls her a fucking hoodlum broke poor bitch from compton a public school bitch which felt very... Ooh, that's all really bad. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very... Um, what's the more extreme word for, like, patronizing and flexing your privilege over someone making, like, classist? She seems very classist. That's very classist and very... Oh, wow. Yikes. Sh- also, in California, it's more weighted to say you're a public school because <laughs> no one puts their kids in public school. Like, even middle class people put their kids in private school, which is wild to me. When I moved here, I'm finding out all my coworkers, and again, I'm a nurse, so we're not, you know, we're not struggling, but we're not rolling the fucking dough here. Like, all of them put their kids in private school, which I thought was wild, but apparently it's just a very normal thing you do here. Could never be me. <laughs> Can't be me, bro. Could never, even if I had the money for it, I just don't, wouldn't want to remove my kids. I feel like public school teaches you real life. Yeah. Um, my nieces are in private Christian school, and they're oh, so sheltered, they and it's just like, you're not really getting a good preparation for adulthood i feel in this little bubble yeah um so she used to use the n-word pretty casually like singing along with lyrics didn't think twice about that but this was pre-2010 kind of times she would also use f-word but not the fun one and i don't know where we land on that one like there's some words where it's like i feel fine saying cunt i feel like that's my word that's, 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 that's our, our word, word to say <laughs> yes i don't know if i'm queer enough <laughs> to use the other f-word oh yeah i call it the f-word yeah right. not the not not fuck uh, yeah no no that's the, that the, one's fine the, the slur f-word for our queer compatriots she's on film saying that um in 2012 there's a recording of her saying gay guys are the horniest people in the world they're disgusting most of them probably have aids i'd be scared if i was a gay guy I'd, like, die of aids maybe not the most positive note to start i just I, there are definitely some moments here with paris where Fuck it's like okay me. paris come on like she's done a really really good job of redeeming her image when those used to be pretty public points about her and she's apologized for them and she's come out with her abuse story from these teen what are they called what are, it's like camps where there's like supposed to rehabilitate re- there's yeah, a name like, for it are they like reform yeah like a reform school Provo Canyon School is one that she was at for a while where she was horribly abused. I read her memoir. I listened to it as an audiobook, and it was her narrating it. So I've had a lot of Paris in, in my brain, in my head. That's hot. <laughs> is it, though? Um, and I watched her. She had a movie that came out in 2020. Um, a movie or like a documentary? Documentary about her. Okay, I was about to say, yeah. I, was like, I don't think I want to see her acting. No. <laughs> She's in. She does have some acting credits. She was in House of Wax. Oh um, yeah, she was. Yeah, yeah. She's done a little bit of everything. But no, she had a documentary come out in 2020 where she talks about her abuse, and she has 
blamed the times when she was drinking and using slurs and the things that she said on her abuse history. It's in her book explicitly. She says, I've said a lot of things that I'm not proud of. And it was because I was recovering from this traumatic period. And, and I was like drinking to cope. And then when I got drunk, I was yep, she off said, the wall saying yep, horrific yep, things. Yeah. And she said she blacked out and says things that she deeply regrets and wouldn't say now. And I, I think that people do have... People do say stupid shit. They do get fucked up and they do say stupid shit. And I do appreciate that she's apologized for it. And she's done a really good job of redeeming her image now from being this whacked out party girl to now having more of a clean image as a boss bitch. Well, I'm glad she's apologized for that and stated that that's not something that resonates with her now or I'm hoping ever. I'm... I'm not trying to apologize for her at all, but it's like it was very of the time to be that way. And again, I don't condone it. And I think it's stupid and bullshit. But it was like being edgy and saying slurs and trying to be like, "Eh." and you recorded everything. You put everything on fucking YouTube because it was so fucking (laughs) novel. And Uh this was the peak of that. And I'm sure when you add alcohol to that mix, you just go fucking bad. And I'm sure cocaine was probably in there somewhere, too. I don't think she's an addict. Like I have more empathy for Lindsay Lohan's story than Paris because Lindsay seems to actually struggle with the disease of addiction. Paris doesn't seem to have that going on, but she talked about it as just using partying as a coping mechanism for her trauma. I do think that she was she was slut shamed so much after yeah. the sex tape was released. Yeah, which was not a consensual no. release of the sex tape. Again, also very no. on brand for the time. And that is part of our bimbo series is to look at the way media vilified these women who didn't deserve that kind of treatment. And she really doesn't in her in her memoir and her documentary, she really doesn't come across as this slutty coke whore. I mean, I don't know how someone would exactly come across that way, but really, even when she's partying, her focus just seems to be very much on the escapism of just dancing and just being a socialite. Uh, And she talks about, like, she doesn't lose her virginity. She doesn't say specifically when, but like, as a teenager, she talks about not having sex with her boyfriends because she wanted to save it for marriage, actually. And she believes in God and she has morals and does see herself as a lady and wasn't really slutting around (laughs) as a teenager. She was partying and she was sneaking out. She was going to raves. She didn't start drinking or doing drugs right away either. Like as a 14-year-old, she's saying like, I wasn't touching any of that. I would hold a cigarette. I would put 7-Up in my champagne fluid. It was more about the image of it than actually getting into that, into the vices associated with the lifestyle. This is all, I, I, I know so little about Pearson. And I, like I said, I just think she's like a, a you know, an, an, uh, you know, an unint- icon kind well, of Well, like a... unintentional comedian. Yeah, she is, she is pretty funny. Yeah, I, I learned so much about her. It took me about... 10 chapters of her 20 chapter book before I started feeling really sympathetic toward her and liking her because she just is so grating at first. That's why I started with like, I do not stand this woman. She comes across as very vapid and shallow to me and repeatedly talks about how she's actually smart and has this depth and it's a character that she plays, but I didn't, I didn't see it. I'm like, you can say that you're smart. She was smart enough to be self-aware that the character of the bimbo is appealing to an audience so she should lean into that and that takes a level of intelligence a step of not just 
being in the moment, but being able to analyze that moment and say, okay, I need to be this person. Right. Just like, yeah, just diving into your stereotype and leaning, leaning into type. Yes. And that happened during The Simple Life. The producers wanted her to be the dumb blonde. And that was the reality show that she did with Nicole Richie. 2004, I think it came out. It came out right around the time of the sex tape. I was sometime around there. I was definitely a youngin when it was on. There's a clip of her. Someone asks her about going to Walmart, and she says, oh, it's it's Walmart. Do they sell walls there? As if she doesn't know what Walmart... She did. She did know. Yeah. It doesn't matter how rich you are. You still... If you live in America, you still... You're aware of Walmart's existence, especially as someone who... uh, insulted someone for being poor so uh <laughs> right, eloquently, public school bitch. Um, i'm sure she's aware of walmart's existence yes public school bitch is actually i mean that's a really funny insult like you said an intentional comedian yeah. i mean it's just so cruel but yeah it's so horrible <laughs> you don't even need a curse word in there no it's just sometimes those school. are worse ah. it's like when someone calls right. you a clown you're like call me a fucking bitch man ouch don't call me a clown right <laughs> there's just some contradictions here with her talking about being she makes it seem like, oh, I'm really very chill. I'm really very down to earth. Like, I'm really a tomboy. They say that about her in her documentary. And then in the next scene, she's in this massive overflowing closet of designer clothes and says that she never wears the same outfit twice. So she's never photographed in the same outfit twice. <laughs> I'm like, is that a tomboy? <laughs> Are they, do they know what a tomboy is? Do they mean <laughs> she likes basketball or something? Like she went four-wheeling once? Like, Probably. I'm confused. And then she also talks about how she wanted to be a veterinarian when she was younger. That was her dream. That's sort of this other life that she could have led. And her mom is interviewed to talk about Paris and says that Paris is, could have been a veterinarian. She's just one of the smartest people you'll ever meet. I don't really think that's true. I don't actually think she ever would have had the patience to go through veterinarian school and to get dirty. And I don't think when you grow up in that privilege. No. Like, I think if she was maybe like two tax brackets lower, maybe that would have been a thing. Because you definitely have to have some money to be any sort of doctor right because it's like years and years and years of school and you can't have a job but you can't be billionaire grandparents wealthy and be a doctor that's not going to happen who would have the patience i wouldn't (laughs) what what are you gonna do do it for the paycheck you don't need to no that's like 10 plus years and being a vet is fucking hard so i don't think that she's as ditzy and superficial as you might get if you just watch an episode of the simple life but i also don't i'm I know that she doesn't have her business success because of her intelligence or her entrepreneurial spirit. She has it because of nepotism. Right. Through and through. Yes. And in another reality, she would just be another girl at the club, another girl who goes to brunch and gets her nails done and gabs with her friends. And that's fine. It's not like everyone has to be a brilliant philosopher. There's... Right. Space for all of us. And it, for, takes, it takes all of it us t- to make... It takes all kinds. <laughs> it does. We're the fabric and the quilt of the world. We need all different pieces. Yes. And there's totally a place for women who want to create a perfume line and are, are very focused on their aesthetic and want to model and all of that's great. I don't need her to also be a genius and I don't want her... <laughs> I don't need you to I be don't a need genius. You. It's okay, Paris. Like, you don't have to be... I think she really sees herself as a brilliant businesswoman because she's had these very successful business ventures, but it's because it's built on her billionaire family. So she's a great granddaughter of Conrad Hilton, who created the Hilton Hotels, which, you know, I like to think of myself as smart, but I never really thought about how she is a Hilton and she is that Hilton because <laughs> I knew about the Hiltons and I knew about her being a Hilton. But then I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. <laughs> sometimes it's just like things become so ingrained in us in a yeah. different capacity that it's like, even though you know that, you're just like, 
huh, wow, I guess I never thought about that because I know of her so mm-hmm. much further removed from I do. that kind of lineage. But yeah, yes. it makes sense. Right. Um, I know you're smart, though. <laughs> <laughs> Not as smart as Paris, apparently. <laughs> I'll just go through the notes that I did take as I was ingesting her her life. Um, the sex tape was a tragic thing that happened. So she was 19 when God, it was 19? filmed. Yeah. Fuck. And her boyfriend, Rick Sleazebag Solomon, is just a fucking piece of shit. He's 12 years older than her, and he pressured her into doing it. She didn't want to do it. She said, I'm not into this. I don't feel comfortable with this. And he told her, if you don't want to do it, I'll get someone else here who will. And threatened to just fuck someone else and film it with someone else if she wouldn't do it. And promised her it would just be for the two of them. How old was he? Uh, He's 12 years older than her. So he would have been 31. 30s. Yeah, in his 30s. Yeah, which again, big, big gap. 30 to 40, not a big deal. 19 to 30, that is a... Yeah, can you, can you be roughly our age-ish and then dating a teenager? <sighs> yeah, he's like a professional poker player who just looks so, he just looks sleazy. And somehow being a poker player just seems like a sleazy job. Uh, <laughs> I think poker's cool, but. <laughs> yeah, no, being a professional poker right. player though, yeah. And I just, I've only seen like glimpses on ESPN where they have those like world poker games and it's just like, you'll see a random assortment of people, but you'll always see that douchey looking dude with sunglasses on or uh-huh. like a stupid haircut. And you're like, you gross. Oh, that's, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> What he looks like. And he was also married to Pamela Anderson. So he's, oh, yeah. he gets around that. With, the, with the bimbos, quote unquote. Wow. Look, and at, look at that thread that <laughs> combines these episodes together. True. It's this trash dude. Yeah. He's an American high stakes poker player. Best known for his 2004 sex tape with Paris Hilton. That's in his, the first line of his Wikipedia page. This is all. This was a ploy for him to become more famous. He used her to get his name in papers. Which is awful. Piece of shit. And, yeah, and that was fine back then. It was like, when that happened, it was, well, what was she thinking? Yeah, revenge porn yep. wasn't, there weren't laws, laws about revenge porn at the time. Mm-hmm. I looked that up. So it was in 2015 that there started being regulation around revenge porn. And that's when Google, Twitter, Reddit started finally removing links and laws started being passed. So before April 2015, the most applicable law about revenge porn it was about image-based sexual abuse and that was the 1988 malicious communication act but that was like we're gonna use this other law to kind of apply it to this there was nothing specific to this issue until 2015 yeah because it affects women so and women decrying this phenomenon is not taken seriously until it's been decades worth yeah so this this had a horrible effect on her career more so than pamela anderson because we heard about that happening too but that was pam and tommy they were coupled and i wasn't really aware of this at the time they were also married they were it was more like oh this couple had something intimate leaked this came out like she filmed a porno with this random guy who she was no longer with so the public image was really different i think with pamela anderson it was kind of like she's this married woman so it's like she's kind of still a good girl but something got leaked this was like Paris filmed a porno with her ex-boyfriend and released it as a publicity stunt. Yeah, on purpose to be famous because she's just quote unquote famous for being famous. She said in her book, if I had filmed that, the angles would have been so much better. It would have been much more flattering. Mm -hmm. I would have done a whole PR release. I would have held my head high. I would have made money off of it. Yeah. (laughs) Would have had like some cute body glitter. Literally. (laughs) (laughs) Would have put my best belly button ring in. (laughs) 
and that's so true. She so would have. That's yeah. very her. And what a good point. Like, how could you think this was on purpose when it didn't flatter her at all? Because people don't like to grapple with the fact that people are pieces of shit. So if we can blame <gasps> someone for their abuse, then it's easier to digest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a short break and be right back. Okay. We're back. The fallout was terrible. She was publicly mocked for like Joan Rivers says can you imagine what her parents must feel she made a porno it was all over the newspapers and there's a sad story of her parents were staying in the Waldorf Astoria they had their own little condo area of that glamorous hotel the newspaper would go out every day because it's 2004 and so they would leave the newspaper (laughs) out and so her sister would go and flip the newspaper in the hallway every day because her parents had to see her face front page sex scandal sex tape her mom didn't leave her room for weeks they were just humiliated and this was right as the simple life was about to come out and was being promoted and it was a big time for paris's career and it was all just tainted by this and she was so she was slut shamed for it she was called a slut sarah silverman also made fun of her at the 2007 mtv awards and has since basically apologized for it said my comments were of the time I wouldn't say anything like that now and I think did a good retraction to contextualize it and say comedy doesn't need to be as harsh as we thought like at that time we thought that comedians were just there to just slash down the powerful people well that was during the time of the comedy central roasts and all this but I'm just laughing so hard because I think that same VMAs in 2007 with Sarah Silverman in my story with Britney Spears she also makes fucking jokes about Britney Spears (laughs) and they're like the same one and I have that in my fucking notes too that's That's why I was laughing I was like oh my god the tape is released 2004 So in 2007, that's when she does get a DUI and she does end up going to jail for driving on a suspended license. Is that her cool mugshot picture? I'm sure. I think she was at 0.08. She had like one drink the night that she got pulled over. (sighs) But she also talks about how she was driving this six-figure car at the time. So I'm sure she was drawing attention to herself in some fabulous car. They probably named the car and it didn't stick with me because I don't I don't car. But (laughs) she was driving this $200,000 car. I'm, I'm sure she was flashy. And she always drew a lot of attention to herself because she always had paparazzi all over all the time and liked that. She does love the attention from when she was a teenager. She liked that attention on her. But it took this really dark turn around this time. She's pulled over for the drunk driving incident. She's taken to the station. She's sent home that night. She has her license suspended. And then it was really just this sad misunderstanding where her lawyer told her that she was allowed to drive after it's like a 30-day period. She's allowed to drive to and from work. So she does, and then she gets pulled over right away because she doesn't have her lights on, and she's in her flashy car. Girl. And she's speeding. Girl. (laughs) And then she's arrested because she's driving on a suspended license, and she wasn't supposed to. And apparently her lawyer had never handled a DUI case before. She's using like her family's probably a fancy corporate lawyer who doesn't do this. Which that, is just that, a funny... Oh, my God. People, there's <laughs> different types of lawyers that specialize in different things. That's like going to a cardiologist for, like, your brain. Like, don't do that. The judge was making an example of her. She's, of course. She says in her book that the judge, when he went to church after giving her that sentence, sending her to jail, they gave him a standing ovation because it's like he was putting party girls in their place and setting a good example for everyone. <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, uh, if men do this shit all the fucking time, <laughs> yeah. then it's only, you know, women are only allowed to be mothers or sex objects. They can't right. deviate from that norm. And Jesus. And then Jill was totally re-traumatizing because when she was at 
her reform school, she was kept like a prisoner. It's a really crazy story of abuse. So this is as a teenager because she'd been sneaking out and going to raves and sneaking to clubs and her parents were worried for her. So they, thinking they were doing a good thing, send her to this remote kind of boarding school and she tries to escape from there and she keeps getting brought back. And there are these gynecological exams where she's getting touched and she gets beaten and they're malnourished and they're given spoiled food to eat. It's just completely horrific. And in her documentary, she meets with other survivors from this school and they talk about just what a traumatic experience this is. It's just crazy to think that that exists and it's out there and that parents are being deceived because the school gives them these really nice brochures about how it's like your kids are going to learn discipline and they're going to come back these wonderful little members of society and instead they're just beaten and abused. Paris talks about having nightmares and PTSD symptoms and going to jail was extremely triggering and re-traumatizing because she felt like she was back in Provo as a helpless teenager. That's horrific. Yeah. There's like a whole... I don't know too much about it, so I don't want to speak too too much. But there's I know there's like a documentary that's about another one of those types of schools that's out somewhere. And this was like a whole thing where you would like send your kids to these type of reform schools. And there was all sorts of cases of kids getting in some cases they died from starvation or injuries or mm-hmm. and a lot of them were being sexually abused. And it's like you said, they're deceiving these parents. Most of these parents were doing it with the intention of trying to save their child and wanting something good for their child and not thinking that they're going to send their child off to possibly their death. Right. Horrible. And her parents don't believe her because she does call her mom. as She's like, tries to escape. Oh she calls from a payphone. Her mom doesn't believe her. And in the documentary, her mom's interviewed. And it's seeming like she doesn't, like there's some denial about the severity of the abuse. And her mom isn't wanting to come to terms with what she put her daughter through. And Paris talks about that too. Of Like my mom, I, I have to remember that she thought she was doing the best thing for me. And she loves me. And she didn't understand and still has a hard time grappling with how bad it was. So it was Provo Canyon School in Utah. Mm-hmm. It's still it's still operating. It still exists. It's a psychiatric youth involuntary residential treatment center that is still in operation. And I don't know if it's any any safer than it was in the 90s when Paris was there. But I'm really trying to be optimistic and hoping there's at least been legislation that's passed since then that's right. a lot more regulated. Please, please, please let that be true. Yeah. She was given pills there but didn't know what they were and they were sedating her and kids were on suicide watch. She would be sent to solitary confinement for up to 20 hours if she didn't take her pills. Oh my God. There were police calls from the school. There are multiple reports of people reporting sexual and physical assault there. And she went to multiple schools. I think Provo was where she was the longest and what was the worst. But a lot of her teenage years were just spent in these outdoor wilderness schools or reform schools. So her parents tried to rehabilitate her. I'm going to make a dark joke, but I was going to say, so I guess those are private schools then? <laughs> you know, you could say they are. Yeah, sorry. Say. She's not a public sorry. school bitch. She's not a public school bitch. No. She supposedly had this very public feud with Lindsay Lohan going back to her 2000 four to seven-ish era. And Paris has said that that was pretty much concocted by the media. Like They were friends. They had a couple spats, but it was mostly just blown out of proportion and just for our enjoyment, yeah. just for the masses. Women can't possibly be friends. They no. need to be catty rivals. Right. 
It was 2006 when she was arrested for her DUI, but then it was at the 2007 awards when Sarah Silverman made a really sexual joke about her. That was the part that was shitty that Sarah apologized for later. So she starts by saying Paris Hilton is going to jail because this is right before she goes to jail. It was actually the night she has to turn herself in after driving on the suspended license. And she goes the night after the MTV Awards because the paparazzi will be distracted and will expect her to be at an after party. So they won't be paying attention. So she can sneak off and go to jail. So Sarah Silverman says Paris Hilton is going to jail. I heard that to make her feel more comfortable in prison, the guards are going to paint the bars to look like penises. I just worry she's going to break her teeth on those things. Yikes. Yeah. It just is pretty crazy how all of that came from this sex tape that was her as this younger woman being taken advantage of that was released non-consensually. And then it gives her this image as this slut that she absolutely didn't deserve. Um, And then the South Park episode... She had said she liked South Park. She watched it. She was a fan of it prior to them making an episode about her where they make fun of her and her fans and call her a whore. And there's some really sexually explicit, like, I think she shoves a pineapple up her cooch kind of a thing. They yep. shoot her dog in the episode. Yep. You seen that one? Yep. I remember I remember when that came on. And I remember even thinking then I was just like, it's Yikes. pretty tasteless. Yeah. Even for South Park. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. What do you think about South Park? Do you like it? Not, look, I'm going to be honest. Does it have a thing here and there that's okay, you yeah. know, on point? Sure, but I've never really been a fan of it. It's not It's not for me, but I do love Book of Mormon. Yeah, that's an one. incredible musical <laughs> done by the same people. Yeah, yeah. Tasteless in a different way. Right. I'm all for mocking religion. That's fine. Yeah. Religion but, uh, does harm. Yeah, I was never like a South Park fan like people had it on not my first choice but like right. i'll deal i'll deal with it same yeah i want to be into the oh we'll make fun of everyone it's fine because we're mocking everyone equally but the more i dig into the feminist sort of rhetoric the hatred toward women and the maliciousness toward women it just does more hurt than good yeah i would say it's sort of just like oh cool good we don't have enough of this already yeah, I think they have a, it's like a whore-off competition with Paris Hilton. That's what happens. Yeah. It. Yeah, it's, it's all coming back to me now. Right. Yeah, yeah that, thank God. <laughs> time. Bring, bring this back to my memory, please. <laughs> but yeah, the leaning into her being a slut, filming a porno, like that, that just doesn't, it doesn't even make sense. Like she wasn't no. even that. It's not like she had this sexual history that came to light or anything. It was just that she filmed this tape that was, Wrong consensually released. So in that in that regard, absolutely does not deserve the way the media treated her. No. And she has done so much in recent years to come forward with her story. I don't mean this in a cruel way, but partially as a strategy to humanize herself and to make sure people know that she is a real person who went through real trauma. And I think she has an agenda to coming forward with her story. Part of it is to help other survivors and to help things like this to stop them from happening and get schools like that shut down which is great and noble and I think she also wants us to understand her context and her story which is fair like she has every right to put her story out there yeah we understand yeah it's like if her story and her life is going to be out for public view we're allowed to have both sides of all the sides of the story Uh, And she has also had abusive partners as an adult. Um, She's picked some really lousy men. She talks about in her documentary, she says there were five men that she dated who were physically 
abusive toward her. She talks about being strangled, phones thrown at her. She would get a new laptop every single time she started dating someone because her boyfriends would go through her computer. She says it like it's just a normal thing. She's like, oh, yeah, every time I get a new boyfriend, they would always go through my laptop and look at everything I have. So I would just get a new computer. That's not normal. <laughs> That's not okay. Also, um, just advice from your kooky aunts over uh-huh. here. If a dude does that, look through his because he's projecting mm-hmm. because he's got some shit on his laptop. Probably. That's what's happening there. There's also an interview where she says that she voted for Trump, and she's backtracked on that to clarify that she's not a Trumpy. She said that her family used to be close to his, and she did see him as a sweet person, but she's since understood that he is not this lovely character she had in her mind as a child, and she didn't actually vote at all, so she's backtracked on that, too. She has a history of doing that. If I, if I remember correctly, yeah. there was that whole, like, Voter die campaign and what was that like 2004 I think mm. and she was part of it. it was like a bunch of celebrities like yeah. trying to get you to go out and vote and apparently like a lot of the celebrities that were part of that campaign didn't even vote and I think she was one of them that's, if I remember correctly that sounds right yeah that sounds like her she has used her platform to speak up for other abuse survivors and to advocate for women and she talked about how she has a staff member who is just in charge of propelling legislation that helps young girls who are in abusive situations. I think she is a complicated person, and I am glad that she's able to tell her story now, and she's been through a lot. She's not perfect, and I don't think she's amazing, and she does still come across as pretty shallow and self-centered and vapid and bimbo. But that's okay. That's fine. She can be that. Yeah. She has every right. Yeah, as long as she's, you know, wrapping up and not saying the, the slurs anymore. No. You know? and, um, and apologizing and for apologizing it. And apologizing for the slurs. Which we like. Yes. 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 Everyone makes mistakes. I mean, you know, that's pretty gnarly. And I would hope that if I ever got drunk, I would never say a racial slur. Like, no, I feel like that, even in my heart of hearts, I, I would never do right. that. But. She does an interview on Call Her Daddy, the podcast. It's a video interview, but um, I watched that. And the interviewer asks her, what does your most authentic version of you look like? And I thought she was going to say something about her values. Like, if I, if I asked you, like, what does your authentic self look like? You don't have to come up with an answer to that right now. But it would probably be something about what do you care about? You know, do you care about your community or do you care about your career. But she says, what is your most authentic version of you look like? She says, me just like chilling in my tracksuit with my socks, no makeup, hair pulled back, puppies all over me, just being at home with my husband and my puppies and my babies. I love socks. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) A, A literal interpretation of the question and a superficial answer. And I know what she's going for, but it Kind of summed her up nicely for me. Well, that's who you are. You are the girl with your tracksuit and your puppies. Socks are hot. Socks are hot. That actually tracks so much for her. But yeah, I think that's just her to be like, look, I'm humble and I'm just like a regular girl. Oh, yeah. I also had a note about um, money falling out of her purse during her documentary. She was talking about being down to earth and being chill and relatable. And then while she's in her car getting driven around, she drops her purse and about $4,000 of $100 bills falls out. I paused it to kind of count really quickly. I'm like, how much money is that? And she's like, oh, my gosh, and just picks it all up. Like, yeah, you're not really that relatable, Paris. I'm sorry. I feel like even as a rich person, and I don't know this because I am not rich, nor do I come from rich stock, um, 
that's a lot of money to keep on you. Like what? Like I don't know why. Yeah, in, in the she's age of product launch, I don't know why she needs all that money. Yeah, like I'm sure you have cards, and I mean, it's, it's nothing to her. She's very achievement oriented. Like as a younger person, she said, "I just I need to make my first million, and then it was I need to make a hundred million, and then in documentary, she says I'm not going to stop till I make a billion. So she very much has a a thirsty for for more for success for building the empire kind of attitude. And that's amazing and awesome, but you're able to get a billion dollars because you're able to to fund your failures. Yes. Yeah. And she references that, but I I don't think she does say in her book, she's like, I know I have a lot of privilege, but I don't think she fully appreciates. No, I think that's like a thing they just say now. Yes. That's like a, it's like if they say it, then, (laughs) then you can't call them on it. I know I'm privileged. It's like, but do you? Do you really accept that? The thing with the voices it is kind of, it's known now in the documentary, it opens with her kind of sharing her different voices. The different voices are just her versus her nasally voice. She just speaks in a little bit of a nasally baby voice when she is wanting to manipulate people a little bit. And she talks about that as being an intentional choice. And then her lower voice that she uses is really just like when she relaxes her voice and just has like a little bit of vocal fry. I don't see it as her completely morphing into these different characters. It's more just she does know when to lean into bimbo baby voice. You're not this genius con woman. Yes, (laughs) she's very smart, Allison. uh, She's so smart. She's self-aware and and the media did her wrong. I will give her that for sure. Yes. And that's all I have to say on Paris Hilton. Well, that was good. Thanks. That was a lot. It was rambly, yeah. But I took in a lot of different sources here and kind of got this overall picture of like, hmm, okay, Paris. Yeah, I don't. With Pamela, when I read about her, I thought she was really cool. Like she, to me, did not come across as vapid or shallow. She seemed very kind of weird and down to earth. I didn't feel that way about Paris. Fair enough. But yeah. see, that's why we deep dive this yeah. to be like, she didn't deserve the no. way she was treated in the media. God, no. And that sex tape was an absolute crime. And so crime, yes. A lot of the things. But yeah, she can still be problematic and not be perfect. And that's the thing, too. It's like women are complicated. Women contain multitudes. And some are worse than others. And that's the thing that we're trying to get across here is that we are not, as a species, a monolith. No. I am Misandrist Memes on Instagram. And I'm TX. Whoa, there's someone yelling outside. <laughs> who's that? I, I don't know who's that, but I'm TX Goth GF. And we are sadgap.podcast. You can email us at sadgap.podcast at gmail.com. Send us a little question, comment, anything at all. We'd love to hear from you. And please go ahead and give us a review on any of the podcast platforms that you are currently using to listen to us right now. And if you could head on over to Apple and write us a review, we'd really, really appreciate it. Please rate, review, subscribe, share with a friend. She may not be my favorite person, but you know what? Paris is hot. And we're stronger together. I'll see you next time. You have to say bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye.